Hi, I'm Michelle Hon, and I've built multiple six-figure online businesses from home that offers the financial freedom for me to do what I want, when I want. And most importantly, it allows me to be available for my children whenever they need me. And let me tell you that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for our successes. So how do you build a thriving business from home and impacting thousands from around the world? This is the Chill Mamba Show. Hello and welcome back to the Chill Mamba Show and I'm your host Michelle Horn. If this isn't your first time tuning in, you probably noticed that this is not my usual studio, the fancy light or this nice sofa, <laughs> right? This is not my home office. It belongs to our guest, Mr. Jonathan Ang. And today he will share with us how you can maximize your profit. And without further ado, let's welcome him. Hello, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> so why don't you just start off with, you know, introducing yourself to our audience, what you do and how you help people. Right, so I think Partly my main job is to empower people, uh, give them financial knowledge so that they can actually make the best decision on how to buy uh, the best stocks for themselves. So we mainly focus on US stocks and this is, uh, and we also actually have like courses and we're actually an online school to teach people how to manage our finances better. How do you get into this? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, it all started very innocently. Um, I think back when I was young, when I was in junior college, I was like mm. 17 years old. And then one of like my friend, uh, she's, she's really nice. So she came across like this seminar mm. talking about investing. And back then I was like this kid who is like a nerd. Like I was a total gaming nerd. Mm. And I could sit in front of a computer and I would just like play Counter-Strike. <laughs> it's like a shooting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for 48 hours straight. And then I wanted to go on for my third day, but my nose bled, so I was like, I'll take a, <laughs> I'll take a break. Yeah, so I'm the kind of geek that I don't think that uh, I will work well. Like, I always feel like working is something that's very scary for me because mm. I'm more of like, I like to stay at home, I like to be in front of a computer, and I've already been interested on how to make money, right? So back then, in, the internet was a lot about, uh, of, I think it was what, click marketing, where you, if right. people click onto your web page, and then you start earning money. I think it's called, uh, I think it's Google AdSense. Right, yeah. okay, yep, yep, yep. But I couldn't, I couldn't get it started. So I thought like, why not discover about investing? Mm -hmm. And then I read, I read the book, Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then the book kind of scared me. <laughs> right. To some people, it's pretty inspiring. But to me, it scared me because it made me realize that if I did not do something about my life, then I may really be trapped in a rat race. Mm. So I was very fortunate and blessed to be given this like, information and resources that led me to learn about investing. And why not trading, you know, why just investing into just stocks was that I was just really lucky. Uh, the first teacher that I met talked about investing in a very safe way. Right. So how we, so I was told that, you know, how we actually uh, buy into stocks is like how you buy socks, <laughs> hmm. right? So I mean, when there's a Black Friday sale, everything's going at a cheap price, right? That's where you will buy stuff, right? So it's the mm. same as, the stock market, uh, you know, you want to find the value of the companies mm -hmm. and then you want to buy them cheap mm -hmm. and then you want to do your homework as well. Mm. Because I think it really struck me when my teacher asked me, 
You know, if someone were to ask me to invest $1,000 in their business, what kind of questions would I ask? Yeah. Right, so the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, definitely has to be earning money. Yeah. Right, it has to have uh, cash flow coming in. Yeah. It has to be debt free as well because I don't yeah. take over the business with debt. Yeah. Right, and then I realized that a lot of people are not asking these questions when they invest into uh, stocks, right? And mm. stocks are real companies, right? Uh, Apple's, Apple company is actually a stock, Google, Facebook. Right, Adobe, everything that we see around us, almost most of them are listed yeah. companies. Right, so that's how I kind of got started in, in innocently. Right, <laughs> so basically you're like, I'm not gonna get a job. <laughs> that's not me. And you read this book in a way you say it was scaring you, <clears throat> but in a way it's like scaring you, but it's a push for you. Yeah. It's a push for you to like not get into the rat race and just do something for your life. And I think that's very inspiring. But you know, I, I remember being young once <laughs> and I remember like not being able to choose which direction to go. Right. Right? And how did you decide that, okay, I'm just going to learn about investing and this is it. I'm right. going to go deep on in this. So I think I saw this very interesting piece of statistic, right? So I was just looking at the top 10 richest people on the Forbes list, mm. right? And I realized that all of them are either business owners mm or they are uh, investors of a company, right? So you can see uh, Bill Gates is uh, he's on top there. He's the founder of Microsoft, yeah. Elon Musk, founder of Tesla. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have the two Google Warren, founders, right? Buffett, and Warren yeah. Buffett, who's yeah. investing in companies. And I think the, the reason why I doubled down on investing because I felt like I had no talent, to be honest. Because back then, I was always this like underdog. I didn't really do very well in school, I would say. and when I was in secondary three, uh, secondary two, sorry, 14 years old, I actually tried doing business. So I saw like on uh, Alibaba, yeah. back then Alibaba was really early, Correct, they have yeah. a lot of, uh, uh, products, a lot of products on it. Yeah. For, yeah. So I actually love this game, it's a shooting game, right? So it's called Battlefield. And then I saw that it was going half the price. And I was like, I, and I knew a lot of my friends wanted to buy this game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I could buy, I can't remember the exact price, right? Yeah. But it's somewhere around, around like 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you I knew I could it. sell it at $60. Yeah. So that's why I really plowed, I think, around three to $400 to buy my first batch of like CDs. Nice. Right? But when the package came, I was shocked because I was scammed. <laughs> so ah. the person gave me like a cheap ass earpiece and um, that's where I realized, wow, maybe I'm just not cut out for business, oh. right? <laughs> so, what a sad story. <laughs> I, was about, I, was, I thought you were like, oh, that's your first, you know, venture into entrepreneurship, but it's like, ah, oh, eh, eh, It turned out bad. <laughs> that is why I... But it's a lesson. It's yeah, always a lesson. It's a lesson, right? right. Yeah. So obviously when I was young, I didn't retake it positively, um, but it was a blessing in disguise because it really um, made me feel kind of like uh, that I was not good, um, I didn't really feel like I could be a business owner. I didn't feel like I could be an entrepreneur. I was very, I didn't really have much self-confidence. Mm. So investing was like a ray of hope to me because the idea of just analyzing, using my brain, just looking at the companies, and this, some of these companies are not hard. Like, they're just under our nose. For example, uh, you know, when was the last time you swiped a credit card? Like, just earlier this just day? Just now? Yeah, just now. <laughs> yeah, so you have these companies like Visa and MasterCard. Yeah. They've been growing at 15 to 20% every single year. Right, and because they grow their earnings and their revenues, their stock price also grew as well. Yeah. Right, so the stock price will match the value of the company, and that made a lot of sense to me. And it made me feel that you know I could 
maybe not be cut out for entrepreneur. I may not be good in studies. I may be bad in this and bad in that. But all I know is that I have to be a good investor and I could still make it in life. Yeah. And that was very promising to me. It felt like a promised land. And mm. I kind of did my math, even if I couldn't pick the right companies. All I have to do is to invest in the S&P 500. Right? So I think for folks who do not know what the S&P 500 is, uh, it's kind of like the top 500 companies in the US and then they lump it all into one basket. So when mm. you buy the S&P 500, you're buying into the top 500 companies mm. in the world. Mm. And the thing is, the S&P 500 allows you to cheat. So if the 500th company goes bankrupt, mm. the 501st company will be promoted ah. into the S&P 500. Okay. So it's like cheating, right? Because if you had your own portfolio, if one of your stocks go to zero, you're going to make a loss. Yeah. Right, but if you buy into the S&P 500, right. you don't really make that loss in a way because right. you the still have 499 that's still there. Right. Is there and the 501st company will be promoted <laughs> and take up the slot right. which the company went bankrupt. Right. And unless all the companies in the US goes bankrupt, it's very tough for you to lose a permanent uh, capital. It's very tough. I mean, statistically it's possible, but the chances are not high. And I went to see for the not, not, I mean for the past not just 10 years, right? For the past 100 years, the S&P 500 has been going up at 9%. Mm. So I entered into my spreadsheet, being a nerd that I am, <laughs> you know, I calculated if I were to just save, uh, you know, $500 a month, mm. right? In 40 years, even though I... By 9%. Right, 9% right. every single year. I, and I would just reinvest whatever mm. I earn, right? Mm. And I can be a millionaire. Mm. And that was like, wow, even if I'm a failure, if I become a security guard, I, I, I mean, I can... I still have that growing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking down on security guard, but yeah. I mean, like, you know, I'm just trying to paint, like, what's the worst thing that can happen Correct. to me if everything didn't work out? Mm. So that was why investing was very uh, interesting to was me. Was it very appealing to you because you can, you can calculate it, you can see... Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's not dependent on you, it's dependent on this other company that's running their <laughs> business and whoever running it want to see profit for themselves as well so it's, it makes sense exactly and right. in a way when I invest into a company I'm having the top talents in the world working for me because when I invest in a stock I actually am a legitimate owner of mm. the business right just that Last time they used to give certificates, like for mm. example, if you buy Google, they'll give you like the Google certificate mm. to say that oh, Michelle Horn is like the official <laughs> owner of Google. Zero, one, one percent. <laughs> <laughs> but now because everything is digitalized, so mm. people start to um, not link that, you know, mm. buying stocks are actually the same as buying real businesses. Yeah. And so people have this misconception that it's actually gambling. Yeah. But actually it can be done in a very safe way as Correct. long as you are educated. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you need to understand why, what is it all about yes exactly cool. and i'll say like um knowledge is really 80 percent of the game won yeah at the start mm. right and then once you get the knowledge everything is just discipline mm. right getting that 500 bucks out to reinvest mm. right um, not selling not panicking knowing mm. that you know even if let's say a visa's uh, stock price drop mm. you can see people are still swiping visa every right. day right? right they're using their credit cards yeah so it's really being very logical and thinking of yourself as not a stock buyer but uh, the owner of a company yeah. yeah so it's kind of like for example michelle like if today um i don't know how much you bought your house for but maybe let's say for example a million dollars right 
and let's say some property agent just knocks your door and say, Michelle, you know, the market is doing very badly, you know, uh, uh, your house isn't worth $700,000. Like, you know, we urge you to sell because, you know, everyone's selling out. <laughs> would you sell your, would you sell your house? No, I will still, be, I, <laughs> as long as I still like that house, I guess I'll still stay in it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So it's the same as the stock market. Correct. It's like the craziness, right? Um, people are so affected by the potential opinions. loss. Exactly, right. And they get affected by the sentiments of the market, which is fueled by a lot of emotions mm. in the short run. Yeah. So I always tell people, uh, in the short run, the market is like a voting machine. People vote how, for example, good your house is, mm. how bad your house is, and mm. then they will um, bid for a price accordingly. Mm. But in the long run, you know, it, because of inflation, because, you know, uh, people start to see the value of the house, right, you know, the value of these companies will actually go up as long as they're earning more and more money. Mm. Yeah, so it's the same as property, right? So there's actually like a survey that's done that says like why property owners tend to make more money. It's really because it's hard. Firstly, it's hard to sell fast. <laughs> it's not that liquid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people tend to uh, be more careful when making property purchases because mm. it's a high yeah, ticket they item. They don't trade as, as often. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So if that same mindset can be moved to stocks, mm. right, into buying companies, then I think a lot of people can do well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. That's that's yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So for like most of our viewers are moms. Either yeah. they have started a business or they may not have started a business. They let's let's just say we're some of us have dabbled. Right. Some of us is like brand new. Oh, sounds sounds like it makes sense. I do have you know some money. Mm -hmm. I want to get into this thing. So what's the easiest way to start investing? Right. What do I, you invest in? <laughs> what what S&P, what, what REIT and what EFT? Like, it all sounds very foreign to some of the... Right. I would say, I think the f easiest and safest way is to firstly... I mean, I, 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 I understand most of the audience, they're actually business owners. Mm. So I would say, uh, unless you have spare cash, yeah. right, that's where you invest. Because I'm just thinking from a business point of view. For example, if you spend... One dollar on advertisements, mm. and you're getting back two dollars in revenue. Then yeah. you're making two That's times an investment itself, right? Yeah. Your money. So you shouldn't be taking money from business out to invest, right? Because yeah. you you have control over your business. You know you're going to wax your money every time. Correct. Uh, maybe that percentage is going to be different, right? So I would not recommend people uh, who are doing business and they know that for sure their business is going to do well to invest. Because but you can still take a, a portion of like dead money that is already sitting in your bank account. Yes, correct. Right? So yeah. let's say I, I personally, I would reserve um, maybe six months to a year's um, running money in the bank. The right. excess, I would want to invest it somewhere so that it, it grows the money. Otherwise, it's in inflation, right? Your Got money it. is just yeah. going down. So then there's this uh, second group of people that you're talking about that uh, has that surplus cash, right? Yeah. And then that's where I think the safest thing that mm. I can think of is the S&P 500. So the ticker symbol is VOO. Uh, it's by Vanguard. It's mm. one of the lowest cost uh, index. Even the worst uh, richest investor, Warren Buffett, has said that you know if I were to pass on, mm. right, I would just ask my family members to invest in the S&P 500. Mm. I think it's really quite hard to imagine America not being like the superpower. Or even if China takes over, I think America will still be second. And you can see a lot of these companies are around us, you know, mm. Apple, um, and all these are in the S&P 500, Apple, Google, mm. Facebook. Mm. So if you are someone who is a beginner, you are very risk adverse, mm. right? You can basically just 
put aside some amount of money every month. Mm. And this is what we call dollar cost averaging. So every single month, no matter whether the US uh, stock markets. Mm. So when I say US stock markets, I'm talking about S&P 500. Okay. Because it represents the whole US market. Right. You know, just put $500 or a few hundred dollars, just invest in it consistently, whether it goes up or down. Okay. Because in the long run, it's going to go up because of inflation. Okay, so let's say even if I have 10000 right now, I want to invest, don't put the whole 10000 Right. Put 500 500 500 like that. Yes. So especially for beginners, right, the last thing you want to do is to like put everything yeah. and then every day you're going to check your phone, oh, is it up, is it down? You're going to feel very anxious and you're going to lose right. sleep, right? Because that's the last thing you want to do. In fact, I always tell people, uh, especially when... Um, you are, uh, if your portfolio is small, it doesn't make sense for you to be too active as an investor. Yeah. Because let me just give an example. Uh, if your portfolio is $10,000, not saying 10000 is small, right? But let's say if you make 10% more on a $10,000 portfolio, it's only $1,000 more, right? It's not a life-changing amount, right? It's mm. not going to be uh, huge, right? Unless you have a million dollars, right? And you can optimize and make 10 more percent, then that 10% of 1 million is 100,000. Then yeah, that's okay. life-changing. That's where you can consider to really make it full-time, mm. right? So I would think like, um, I mean, looking back, you know, my number one mistake when I was young was to try to optimize and optimize against. Try to time, you mean, optimize. Exactly, okay. try to trade in and out. Right. While I could have spent my time to start a business mm. and to generate more cash mm. so that I can grow my pot bigger yeah. such that when it becomes big enough, it makes sense for me to spend my entire time yeah. optimizing it. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how I think, think of it. And that's why I think you're doing a great job because you're helping people to uh, generate cash flows. And I think, um, again, like most people have an uh, income problem, not mm. a saving, savings problem. Correct. And, um, you know, going to the S&P 500 is the safest way, I would mm. imagine. Yeah, and when you start making money, that means, let's say if you're $10,000, maybe start with something that you can afford to lose and yet you won't lose sleep, right? Mm, maybe you put $500, correct. just dip your toes in the water, try it, okay? And then uh, when you make some money, right, you understand it better, then that's where you can start putting more and more money into it. Yeah, mm. and I think one thing is that a lot of um, financial uh, consultants, mm. they are actually putting your money in the same place into the S&P 500 and right. they charge you a fee for doing that. So you might as well just start Do your own yourself. brokerage account. So it's pretty easy to start it. your own brokerage account. Yes, especially, okay, I would say for Singaporeans, mm. you can actually, a lot of brokerages allow you to sign up with SingPass. So within a day, your account can be up, within a day yeah. or two, right? I think we live in a world where brokerage accounts are much, much easier than the past. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, I have to go down to the office, fill up some forms, right. like, you just get confused. But Correct. nowadays, it's pretty seamless. Yeah. I see, I see. One platform I think uh, would be great for, uh, I think, Singaporeans or Malaysians, mm -hmm. you can consider Fun Supermart 1. Fun Supermart. FSM okay. 1. Yeah, we'll add the link. <laughs> yeah, but iFast. Or if you're someone who's international, because mm -hmm. I know you have international audiences, you can consider Interactive Brokers. And that's where they're the largest uh, brokerage in the world. Okay. All the hedge fund managers right. use them. Uh, they're pretty safe and they're listed as well. So you can, I, I know because I... You can I, also I, invest in them. Yes, you can invest <laughs> in them. <laughs> you, can, you can invest through the brokerage and then invest in the brokerage. So yes. like win-win, right? Yes, yes. And because I think the benefit of being an investor, you can take a look at the financial health of a company. And I think Interactive Brokers is pretty good. Right, and they've been here also, for decades. before you buy, you can actually look at the financial health and all those studies. As long as they are listed. Oh, 
Yeah, FSM1 is also listed. Yeah, mm. so I only uh, go into companies that I am confident. Mm. And of course, uh, they are regulated. I think that's yeah, uh, important as well. Okay. Yeah, so these are the two main players. Yeah, yeah so just set up an account, buy S&P 500 and close your eyes and then... And set an alarm in your calendar, <laughs> transfer money or... You can set up a direct debit? You can do a direct debit using yeah. FSM1. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. So, so back brainless. to the S&P 500 investing, right? What's the... How long should people expect before they see return? Right. So this is something that uh, if I can answer, then I'll be God. <laughs> but <laughs> like people will be like, okay, so you say like, you know, but what, what if I need the money? I think one of the biggest uh, fear is that what if, you know, I put my money in there and then I need that money for emergency and it's stuck or, right? right? Yeah. So I think generally the, like I think what you say, right, you have mm. to set aside six months to 12 months yeah, of correct. emergency money. Mm. And then you only use money that you can really afford to lose, mm. right, uh, to invest. Right, when I say afford to lose, it doesn't mean that what we're doing is risky, mm. right? Because these are your top 500 companies, they have some financials, right? It's almost impossible to see Apple collapse the next day, right? I mean, mm. everyone's using Apple, even in mm. this office. I have an Apple phone here. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, you know, so um, I think why I say that is just, to prepare yourself, let's say if there's volatility, the last thing you want to do is to set yourself up for failure, right? Most people fail because they become too emotional. Mm. So you want to remove that out of the equation. So if you're going to use money that you don't need anyway in the short run, you're not going to be too worried, right? And more importantly, I know some people, they like to uh, manage money for others. Yep. Right? That's the last thing you should do if you're not experienced. Because people will start hounding you, hey, why is the stock market this? Why is the stock market that? Then, you know, it's going to be very pressurizing. And also, more importantly, don't borrow money mm. to invest. Uh, that's the recipe that's for disaster. That's where people lose money, right? That's where all these like, uh, fear or misconception about, but I hear people lose a lot of money, lose their house when they invest. It's because they borrow against their investment. Yes, okay, exactly. Can you explain a bit? Yes, so if you're borrowing money to invest, you can lose more than what you have, mm. right? For example, because for example, if my net worth is only like a hundred thousand mm. dollars, and then I borrow two hundred thousand dollars to mm. invest, and if I lose these two hundred thousand dollars, suddenly I will be forced to be wiped out, right? Like Correct. my hundred k is wiped out, and I still owe yeah hundred thousand dollars plus interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so think actually everything is really simple as long as you do not invest what you do not have, mm. then there's nothing to worry, right? Whatever you put in is what you'll lose, right? So, um, I mean, that's a maximum, right? But I think for the S&P 500, generally, um, you know, if you have a long-term mindset of three to five years horizon, right, you should start seeing gains um, in, a, in a three to five year period, right? So, it, I would say sh in the short run, it depends on luck, right? Because, for example, the, a recession can come the next day and then mm. I'll suddenly look, look like an idiot if I say <laughs> within a year you can see something, yeah. right? Um, but that is something that we can't control. No one can ever predict it, mm. right? If anyone say that they can predict, then you have to be, you better keep your wallets and, you know, just be uh, careful, right? <laughs> because what they are promising may not be real, it may not Correct, be true, yeah. right? So I think if you have a three to five year long-term mindset, you can do it. So there's this very famous stories that uh, that were pub that was published where this like janitor in the US, you know, a janitor doesn't earn much money, yeah. right? But what he did was to keep invest in uh, the top uh, five to ten companies, right? Every time he gets his pay, he just buy. Every oh. time he gets his pay, he he just buys. And his children got a shock when he passed away 
because they realized that he had three to five million US dollars that he compounded over his oh, wow. janitor career. Right. Yeah, okay. and it's all because he was just disciplined and he was just buying and just collecting them like uh, stamps, you know? Mm. Yeah, so the mindset mm. to uh, that you should adopt is kind of like you want to collect assets, just like how you save money, right? When mm. you save money, you, you, you don't have the intention to like just sell it. Or, mm. I mean, not sell, like spend it away, right? Correct. So it's the same. So think of like your investment account, like your savings account, just that it's a savings account on steroids, right? It will grow much yeah. faster at, you know, uh, eight, nine percent, mm. uh, as we, we have seen for the S&P 500 for the past hundred years. So, I mean, this is something that has a track record of, of 100 years. So if someone is still not convinced, then I think I'm not sure <laughs> what can convince them. And the reason why this S&P 500 keeps going up is because things get more expensive due to inflation. So for example, when things get more expensive, companies will charge higher, mm. right? And they'll earn more money. Mm. When they earn more money, they become more valuable. Yeah. And then that is why the, the stock price goes will up. go up, right? So collectively, the whole US, uh, you know, your companies are becoming more valuable because uh, cost of living is increasing, right? And that is a very scary thing because uh, if you take a look at uh, the, the cost of a Big Mac, right? It doubles every 10 years. Yeah, right? yeah. So if you put your money in the bank, then it's as good as like every Having year. Having your money every <laughs> 10 years. Exactly, right? Your purchasing, your purchasing power, power. Uh, drops. And you know, why is it such a uh, scary time now if you're not a business owner mm. or if you're not investing? Mm. It's because recently uh, there's a lot of money printing in the world, right? So the money that we printed yeah for the past year was more than the combined money that we printed for the past 20 to 30 years. I can't remember the exact statistics, but right. it's crazy. We, 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 we printed Correct. so much money. So, so the value of whatever we have is just getting lesser and lesser. Exactly. And right. don't be surprised that, you know, your cost of living is going to go up. Yes, I've already seen it at the grocery store. <laughs> okay, I thought broccoli was this price last week. How come it gone up again? <laughs> it's true, moms would know. Yeah. and. You know, if you still want to keep your money in the bank, you know, you will suffer at the end. You'll be that yeah. sucker because of this, uh, call it responsible or irresponsible. Yeah. I mean, I don't like to go into politics, but yeah. what I want to focus on is... Helping people right, exactly. maximize the money and make the money worth really, right? Yeah, and okay. how we can actually uh, focus on things that can really move the needle for ourselves right. rather than okay. complain, complain, nothing changes, right? So a lot of this money is actually going into the stock market, mm. right? So if you are not invested or if you're not doing business, right, you will be losing out tremendously in this mm. decade, for sure, for sure. The, the statistics is out there. There's Correct. nothing uh, we can deny. Okay. Yeah. So the way you put it, I like that. It's very simple, you know, S&P 500. You can just start your own brokerage account. But I also know that it is your job to teach people <laughs> how to invest. So what is there right. to learn more? Like what are the other considerations or maybe common mistakes that people should avoid? Right. And therefore, you know, maybe attend one of your webinars. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, what we do different is, uh, is this, right? So we educate people that, that there are different stages of investing. So uh, firstly, it is someone who doesn't invest, you are just saving and this is where you'll really uh, lose out big time because of what's happening to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, cost of living is increasing due to the money printing 
and then if you decide to invest in S&P 500 do not lose out so at least your money doesn't erode due to inflation mm. right even though inflation is five percent but I really doubt it's five percent if you really go and look at your bills how much more you're spending every single year I think it's more, more than that yeah. right and you know if you are happy with that maybe just earning slightly a, a bit higher than inflation then yeah fine right but if you want something more right if you want to grow your money at a higher rates like 15 20 percent mm. i know this sounds very hard to imagine for some people but if you can choose companies that grow their revenues at more than 30 percent right that means they're going to become 30 percent more valuable each year mm. right because they're growing their earnings they're growing their revenues right and you have this hyper growth companies uh, some of which are growing at 100 percent mm. right and i think michelle you as a business owner it's not hard to imagine right because I mean, when you start small, yeah, right. I mean, if you actually, we have grown at more than a hundred percent since 10, last year. Ten thousand percent. Yeah, not ten thousand, maybe like 10X. yeah, hundred fifty, maybe. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's doable. Yeah. So this is what uh, businesses are experiencing in real life, right? Mm. Uh, These software companies they're scaling up immensely uh, because you know they're just selling software. Yeah. And for them to sell another software, it doesn't cost them additional money. Yeah. That's right, the it's not best like kind of business to be in, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's not like you are selling food or what. Mm. And that's, that is why I think you're a big advocate of selling causes because, you know, for um, each person that you sell more, you don't actually incur a higher cost. And yeah. it's very scalable, right? Yeah. Which I think this is what you do very well. And uh, because you have this hyper-growth companies, right, you can actually expedite your journey to hit your first million dollars, mm. right? So our, our vision here is to put one investor in every household. I think just like you, you want to empower a woman in every uh, uh, household or, yeah, or something like that, mom, right? Yeah, every mom. Yeah, every mom. So for us, we always believe that for, I think, to elevate the quality of life for everyone, uh, you just need one person who knows how to invest in a household and then you can really increase the standards of living in the community, mm. right? So um, from there, we actually are more niche. So if you want to grow your money faster, you want to become a full-time investor eventually, you have to pick stocks. You can't just buy mm. the S&P 500. Mm. So that's how we are different from... So this is a step more advanced. Exactly. Right. Okay. right. So if you compound your money at 9%, I think it will take about 30 to 40 years if you invest 500, if you put in $500 every month, right? If you were to compound your money at 15 to uh, 20%, it will take you about nine years. Uh, to actually hit a million dollars if you put five hundred dollars every month. Wow. Yeah, twenty years. Sorry, twenty years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like ten years. Whoa! I start today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twi- uh, twenty years. Okay. Twenty years. Uh, yeah. So if enough. you can get thirty percent, and you know, this is something that is more niche, right? It takes more experience, but eventually, if you really do master it, mm. if you learn it for five years, six years, you can actually achieve such returns, right? And we have picked. Um, a few companies that have uh, gone up by 10x since uh, we saw it. So one of them is, have you heard of this company called Shopee? Shopee, yeah. Yeah, Shopee is listed, you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. yeah. It Didn't made a lot of money during the COVID period. Yes, and everyone started just buying online. <laughs> Those people who were convinced with buying online had to buy online, right? Yeah, and yeah. how we came about this idea was that we went to New York, we met a fund manager, and he was telling us about this idea and uh, it was very interesting and it was like 30 over dollars back then mm. and then now it's like around 300 280 dollars to 300 dollars nice yeah so 
a lot of these companies are actually companies that could be under your nose, right? I mm. believe a lot of mums will know uh, Shopee, Shopee. Shop on Shopee, <laughs> Lazada. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Know that. Yeah. yeah, so uh, this is how we're different. Uh, and this is what our course uh, teaches. So we help people who really want to niche to become an independent full-time investor eventually and they really want to uh, get these skills. Yeah. Mm. So when you talk about full-time investor, does that mean someone needs to spend eight hours a day? <laughs> or you mean they basically could quit the job and be looking at investing alone? Right. So how I define a full-time investor, I know when people think about full-time investing, it's like this... Uh, Correct, you're just sitting in front of the computer <laughs> and just trade, right? It's like, ooh, in, out, in, out, and I have this thing on your... <laughs> right, right, it's nothing like that. Yeah. In fact, so it's more of like just... Um, reading a lot about the company mm. rather than looking at charts and then uh, the, the hard part is just uh, the first month where you have to do research about a company mm. and once you have that conviction okay then it's just monitoring the company every single quarter because every quarter companies will release their results mm. and that's it so the hard work is at the start and then eventually it's just you know once you know a company well it's just letting it write and do its thing yeah so being a full-time investor means I would say maybe spending two to three hours a day just catching up on your companies, right? And I think, like I said, you have to have a certain portfolio size for mm. this to happen. Like, I'm not going to... What's like, the size? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I kind of calculated this before. If you can, uh, I'll imagine, right, for a mum, like just a mum alone, right? Yeah. Uh, of course, the husband has to pull his weight, right? But let's just yeah. assume the husband pulls his own weight. For oh, a mum, yeah. right, I think $4,000 a month, is it? comfortable for a mom to invest uh, to, to survive uh, for the daily groceries and no, things like that no it's not enough not enough four thousand no. dollars well you gotta pay for your kids right uh, but what if like your husband also contributes four thousand that means it's like dutch oh right? okay it's four thousand uh, dollars i guess it depends how many kids you have and like, the quality <laughs> of life as well right? but right. yes four thousand should be enough Right, four thousand. Yeah. Right, so four thousand like dollars. Comfortable life still, right? Not yeah. not like you know have to like skim on every single yeah. thing. I think yeah, four thousand is yeah, it's comfortable. Oh, why not? Make, let's make it five thousand. Five thousand. Eradicate any doubt. <laughs> five thousand okay. is quite comfortable, right, per month. Well, uh, my spend is definitely more than that, but, <laughs> but also because yeah, okay. But I mean, maybe you're seeing on a household level, right? So if I say five thousand for the mum, that means I'm assuming. Um, 10,000 10,000 for the entire household that should be fine yeah. yeah yeah so I mean both both have both partners pull their weight so I'm just yeah. looking at just one partner yeah yeah so $5,000 a month uh, is about $60,000 per year yeah and if you make a 10% return yeah right you need $600,000 to get 60k if you make a 10% return when you're too fast <laughs> I guess you okay, okay. Let's, let's repeat that let's repeat that okay so $5,000 a month. Yeah. Okay, that's $60,000 a year. Yeah, a year, yes. Expenditure. Correct, exactly. Okay. So you, now we need to find out how can we make 60, how much we need to make $60,000 per year. Okay. Correct. So assuming that my investment returns are 10%, uh huh. Okay, I need $600,000 uh, yeah. to invested. generate. Yes, invested okay. to generate $60,000. That's the problem where to find yeah. $600,000. <laughs> so I think um, definitely I'm not saying that it's easy, right? But a lot of people have this mindset that they need $1 million, $2 million, $3 million to actually retire and be comfortable, mm. right? So let's say if we were to lower down our expectations, let's say we are 
very prudent. We want to... Yeah, when you... I think um, a lot of people yeah, have that thing that, oh, if my current lifestyle is at $10,000, I need $10,000. But really, your kids would have left home. <laughs> <laughs> you may have downsized to a smaller place, right? right? Or you will still want to travel once in a while. Yes. So really, yeah, like you say, you really don't need that much to retire on. Yeah, and I think like assuming your kids are all independent and yeah. everything, uh, I think for $8,000 for one household, that means for each partner yeah. uh, puts in $4,000. Yeah. Right, so let's assume the $4,000 case, right? So $4,000 per month will mean $48,000 per, per year. year. And that would mean $480,000 invested. Invested. Yeah. Right? So, you know, if you were to put it in a financial, uh, if you put it into an Excel calculator, right, you know, you don't have to wait 40 years to hit there. You don't have to wait like uh, so long, right? You know, it, it's much closer than what we think it is. Mm. Yeah, so that's, I think, uh, a saving grace. And of course, if you can have a higher return, for example, can generate 20%, mm. okay, suddenly that amount becomes half. Yeah, and also with the compounding interest, if you continue to um, invest whatever you earn from exactly. there, right? So it's possible. Right. So that's the beauty, right? So if, if you have that skill to generate 20%, you know, you can actually... So let's say, let's talk about the $5,000 a month. Mm. That's $60,000 per year. Mm. Okay, and to generate $60,000 per year, you need about $300,000 invested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you, you can get uh, $60,000 per year. Yeah. Right. So it's just $300,000. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying just not because I can't empathize and not because I'm wealthy. Yeah, but the people yeah. be like, so where do I find this 300,000 invested? But it's not like immediate 300,000. Right. You're talking about the, that is the where average cost what, every yeah. 500 or something, right? Yeah, that is where they sign up for your cost to generate <laughs> income and be a business owner, right? right. But, like, I think there's really no way out. You either invest or you be a business owner. And if you can't be a business owner, uh, if you're not confident, then there's nothing wrong with being working for a salary job. Mm. But that's where you really have to beef up your investing game. Mm. Right? But if you're a business owner, you can generate decent income for yourself, then you don't have to be so tied up on the investing side. Right. Yeah, so okay. that's just how I see it. Okay, so how much uh, should someone invest in their like, earnings, I say like 10% of their monthly, whether they're in a job or, or um, taking salary from their own business? Right. How much would you advise a, a mom who have family commitment mm -hmm. to invest in a month yeah i think How it's many very percent, la, I, would say. I think it's very subjective right because for example if like the daily uh expenses for household is like four four thousand and if you're a high income and let's say you earn 20k then of course your savings will be much okay let's more just take percentage. let's just take like average uh income what's the average income now uh four to five thousand uh no for a mom actually i don't know like oh. <laughs> it depends right it depends okay, on how, I how think they, what's the average income in singapore right now uh, like four thousand four thousand five three thousand five to four thousand yeah so then yeah. let's say three thousand five they expenditure like really saving a lot two thousand they have thousand five extra should they put all thousand five into investment or Personally, for mm. me, I treat my savings account as my investment account. Okay. So I, apart from the emergency funds yeah. that you have to set aside, yeah. I will plow all my savings into the investment account. Mm. Right. So of course this, of course I think for a family because I'm single, but for a family, I mean after accounting for all the things that you need Correct. to set aside. Yeah. Right. For the for the savings, I would say. You know, if you are not fully investing your savings, then it's again it's going to erode in the bank, right. and there's a huge opportunity cost as yeah. well. Yeah. So I'll advocate 
invest as much Correct. as Instead of putting money, the, the money in the bank should, <coughs> should just be that emergency fund money, which should be between six months to a year yes. of your living expenses. Yes. Uh, why, why we're saying six months to a year is because if you need something by six months in a year, you probably could find another job by then. Yes. Then you can, yeah. So if That's people safer. are like, you know, not sure about why is this emergency fund thing. Yeah. Um, so then yeah. you, you would put everything, yeah. Because recently I had this conversation with mm. my husband as well in terms of investment because... Your um, husband invests, right? He does, right. Yeah. he does, yeah. Because he's, uh, he's in investments. He's, in he's an equity analyst back background. Nice, background. we love to meet him. So he always <laughs> like, you know, he invests and stuff. So we're, we're having this conversation and I ask him, so really, because we manage our own finances, we don't combine one. Right. So, um, so I asked him, so how, how much do you invest on actually? It's like 90% <laughs> of, my, of my net worth. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, how much do you, I was like, I have no idea. So I really finally have to do like a schedule of assets that I have mm -hmm. and put the other and then I realized I've only been investing 30% That's pretty good of my cash flow. For like someone who has three kids. But I, I should invest more. I have a lot of... Oh, sorry. It's, oh. Like, it's as if I'm like showing off. But it's like a lot of dead money in the, in the bank that's not being utilised. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. From that perspective, right. From that perspective, yeah. So it's like, oh, I need to start, you know, start, yeah. like you say, lah, slowly put in yeah. a bit more, a bit more, yeah. I think, I think start slowly because like the last thing again is you want to have a heart attack. And then, yeah. you know, because if the first time you lose money is a huge sum of money, then you will associate a negative feeling towards mm. investing, which may not be the true representation of what you could have achieved uh, in the long term, right? Maybe, yeah. you know, you, you, if, you didn't, uh, if you didn't panic and sell out of here when it drops, maybe if you just held it for a year later, mm. you could see the gains coming Correct. in. So investing is not like school, right? I think we are just... Uh, I mean, there's... there's I, I don't want to criticise school, but... Sometimes we are indoctrinated mm. uh, in a way where we feel that if we put in effort, we should see the outcome. Return immediately. Right. Exactly. Pretty, uh, pretty immediate. Because, I mean, in school, the more you study, uh, the, you can see immediate feedback right, mm. for, for, for your results. Mm. But for investing, it's very strange. The results always come in exponentially in the last few months or in the last few years. Right, and then you could be like sideways for like a long time, mm. and then the results only come in exponentially mm. in the last few uh, periods. Yeah, and that is very hard for people to take. Right, that delayed gratification is very very tough, and that is why again I say, uh, don't set yourself up for failure. Don't use money that you need because yeah. when you start thinking you need this money, then you'll be very panicky mm. about this amount of money. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what changed it for me is that, you know, uh, I always shared that, you know, I, I didn't grow up with much, so I did have a scarcity mindset and I'm afraid of losing right. my money, right? Every money, like, keep safe as much as I can. And what did it for me is that why am I willing to invest and not be scared is that I know that if during a downturn, as long as I don't sell, <laughs> it's just that it's lost on paper. Right. It's just on paper. Yeah. As long as I don't sell. Yeah. If I just keep the faith, like you said, just keep it. It's like a savings. And yeah. eventually when it goes up, I, I have that money. But really, when you put your money into the bank right now, it's still paper money, right? You see that figure on a piece of paper on the screen. You don't physically have it. Yeah. So whether it's negative or positive, you don't <laughs> have it. So don't yeah. worry when it goes down. Yeah. I think there's this illusion that's, that's costing a lot of people money and that's... Uh, opportunity cost 
right? People only think about what they can lose, but they don't see that if I do not do something else, mm. what is my opportunity cost of not doing that mm. something else? Okay. Right? Now really that high. you brought up opportunity cost, then people are like, but if I put my money into stocks, what about my opportunity cost to go into like property and all the other investment? So I'm going to say something controversial here. Right. I think stocks can generate uh, higher returns than property. Mm. Uh, but I understand property has some leverage and everything. But again, it's very two different school of thought. Right. Um, so for me, I've actually uh, told myself I will never want to invest in property. Mm. But I will buy one for, uh, for residential purposes. Right, so I won't see my property as like a investment. Right, I'll see it as an ex expense. Mm. Right, but for stocks, that's where I'll actually invest because mm. you think about it. I always like to think about how can I invest in something that can create value. Mm. Right, and I actually talk about this in uh, uh, way way back. And I just think if you look in uh, look into Hong Kong, I think it's very sad that um, people who are flipping properties are costing. Uh, the young adults, right, mm. uh, a hard time to actually buy properties, let alone rent, right? So I think the Hong, the people in Hong Kong, they're actually spending close to, I think, 40 to 50 percent of their income on rent. Yeah. Not even mortgage. <laughs> don't even talk about mortgage. Yeah. Rent alone yeah. is 40 to 50 percent. And then I ask myself, like, I mean, this is a bit alt altruistic, right, in yeah. thinking. I just ask myself, do I want to invest in something that doesn't really create value because a property is a property, right? Correct. It, I mean, it, it doesn't grow over time. The size doesn't grow. It's not like a tree. It doesn't grow, yeah. right? So when you make money is when um, people perceive that your property has a higher value, mm. right? Same as gold bars, mm. right? One kg of gold is going to be one kg of gold Correct. in 10 years time. There's no yeah. value creation. But if I invest, for example, in Tesla, mm. I am investing in something that is growing and it's creating value for the world. Right. And I always believe that as long as you put your money where value is created, you will do well. Mm. Yeah, it's just hard to imagine like, you know, if, if a company is doing a force for good, it's doing good, it's solving problems, it's solving uh, pains. Yeah. And also the employee that they employ. Exactly. creating jobs. Right. So, you know, there's no reason why they shouldn't grow, right? Mm. So, uh, one great example is Tesla, even Apple as well, right? Yeah. They're, they're creating value, they're making things more seamless, right? They're making things are very, uh, um, uh, uh, they are giving people a good experience, right. Yeah. right? So that is why, you know, money goes to them. So I always feel that the size of the problem that a company is, uh, is solving will be the size of the company, mm. right? So, yeah, yeah I like so that. I feel like I don't want to burden my future generations, or even my generation by going to property investing, but I will still buy a property. Get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't flame on me. I'm still going to buy a property. I need a place to stay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's just that I will not but play that game. But you will not play that game. It's flipping. not for you. I think it's not for everyone. I think yeah. it's up to you which one you're more comfortable with and yeah. which one you have more interested yeah. interest in. Some people are just not interested in studying business, right? <laughs> Some people are just, I love property, love looking at, you know, the build or whatever. You know, some people are just built that way. So yeah. I and think, I, yeah. And I think maybe 10, 20 years ago in Singapore, it's maybe easier to make money from property investing. Mm. But I think with the recent um, regulations where the government is slapping like taxes, yeah. very, yeah. very high taxes on second and third property, yeah. then I think, you know, it, it may be... Uh, a barrier to entry. Um, I think for stocks, we are, 
I mean, I can't think of a better place to live on Earth. Like, I'm very grateful uh, for Singapore, right? I, I know not every government is perfect, yeah. but I think this is something that Singapore got it right, right? Yeah. We are a tax haven. Mm. The world knows it, right? You are mm -hmm. not taxed on capital gains. Yeah. In the US, Uncle Sam taxes 50, you... Right? 50, I, is it 50 I, I or something? 50% like of your income, but I think on oh, taxes yeah. is 15 to 20%. Okay. Right, so... You know, imagine like you're the one researching a company. Why does the government have to <laughs> take a tax yeah. on it, right? And then yeah, there's no tax on dividends as well. Yeah. Right. So I feel like you know we are in terms of the taxation angle, uh, stocks resonates with me. So before we wrap this up, what's the one advice that you would get if give um someone who is thinking of, you know, either going into investment or finding out more about how to maximize their investment to 20, 30 percent, like you mentioned. <laughs> right, I think if you want to maximize uh, your return to 20, 30 percent, then that's where, of course, you can check out some of the free webinars I do, and also my YouTube channel. Uh, in fact, I've picked one company that's gone up by 100 percent since I covered it, and basically, it's very transparent, right? Mm. Um, I give up openly because I really want to help more people. Um, secondly, if you are not the kind of like stock picker because maybe uh, they are like your audience, they are like busy doing business, yeah, they busy just want to more passive. Kids and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the number one thing is to really just open a brokerage account mm -hmm. because if you don't have it, it's like you go into an exam without a pen or mm. a pencil, right? Mm. You can't even get started. There's no mm. chance even for you to get started. So get started with your brokerage account. Start small. Mm. And then when you want to put in more money, get educated first. Okay. Right. Education is very, very important. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And there has been a lot of proof that investing has worked out for a lot of people, especially through this S&P 500 method. So don't get discouraged if you see short-term uh, losses, right? Just hold on. Give yourself that opportunity. Give yourself that chance to experience what investing can do for you for that next uh, three to five years, right? Try out for a year, try out for a year or two, right? Before making judgment, right? Because investing is it's not like school. You don't see that instant results immediately, mm. right? It, it, it is a long-term thing. And then I think one thing that I always like to guide myself is that will my future kids, because I don't have kids now, will my future kids be proud of my investment decisions, right? And that hits me hard because every time I f feel like speculating, you know, I mean, no matter how experienced you are, I mean, I'm doing this for eight years, you still have itchy fingers every now and then. So I ask myself, <laughs> will my kids be proud of me making this uh, buy or this mm -hmm. investment decisions? Right? So good. I think for moms... That's a good question to ask ourselves. Yeah, Yeah. so for moms, you can... I mean, if this is for your kids' college education, maybe like you're saving up yeah. for the long run, you know, this is for your uh, kids' future, right? You want to ask yourself, is this how you're going to handle your kids' future mm. money, right? And then that's where you'll be more grounded and then you feel more zen. <laughs> Yeah, and then when you start seeing things from a long-term perspective, uh, you'll be more stable. Yeah, 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 I like that. And that's actually one of the things that I would consider as well every time I'm about to try something new. Like, is this a behavior or is this something that I would want my kids to emulate, right? Right, right. And, um, okay, before, one more last yes. question, just because I want to throw this in. This sure. is like a hot topic right now. Do you <laughs> invest in cryptocurrency or NFT? No, I do not. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Jonathan. That's been very enlightening and I hope that you found value in this episode. And if you like it, be sure to like, subscribe. And if you are listening on the podcast, do leave a review and let us know what you enjoy about this episode. Thank you for joining us and see you next time. Bye.
Now, if you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review wherever you're listening. A good one, I hope. You can also tag me at the Cho Mom or momboss.academy on Instagram and tell me what you like or have learned from today's episode. I love seeing how you fit my podcast into your life. Till the next time, all my best and you've got this.